On this week's episode of The Fizz, I talk about the fantastic joys of turning 28, the AFC and NFC Championship games. In addition to that, we will talk about how the Red Wings have hit rock bottom and what they need to do from here. After that, we close it up with a little over-under. But before we get into all that, I want to tell you guys about a great startup here right here in Detroit, Michigan. It's called Mullybox, M-U-L-L-Y-B-O-X, Better Golf in a Box. What it is is a subscription-based golf service that shows up at your doorstep every month. It's just $29 a month, and you're guaranteed over $70 in value. What it is, is every month you'll receive a high-quality golf ball set, a pack of eco-friendly tees, and three brand-new golf accessories that will be selected by a Mullybox caddy to get your game in top shape. Mullybox. Save time, save money, save strokes. Now, if you go to Mullybox.com today and you use the code CHAMPAGNE at checkout, you'll get your first Mullybox free. It's really a no-brainer. That's Mullybox, Detroit-based startup, M-U-L-L-Y-B-O-X.com, Mullybox. But now, let's get into the fizz. Start with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Start with straight yeah. shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of The Fizz. Yes, FE16. We are now cooking with gas. There is no looking back now, team. Once you pop this bottle, you're locked in for life. Or at least until I go on vacation again. Or take another entire year and a half off. Whatever. We are here now in my basement. Um, It's cold as shit. Honestly, I'm in a uh, full fucking winter outfit here, freezing my little balls off, trying to put together the best damn Detroit sports podcast in the entire world. So for all 15 to 20 of you out there, I appreciate you being here. You mean the world to me, whether this is your first time tuning in or you've been here from the beginning, I am just glad that you are here. Um, We had a great week, real great week. It was my birthday last Wednesday, and I turned to the ripe age of 28. And man, what a 28th birthday it was. Those 20s are whittling away. I woke up, and my dog just like could not walk on one of his legs. He was a three-legged dog. Three on the ground, fourth one pointed straight in the air. No clue what happened. No clue at all. So naturally, my fiance acts like the dog is missing its head, and she's on the verge of tears. My dog, Hank, is panicking because she's panicking, um, so everyone's in a panic bright and early on my 28th birthday. So we call the vet, uh, earliest they can see our dog is 10:30 in the morning, which I think is pretty, pretty reasonable for a last minute vet visit. Um, but it feels like an absolute eternity, eternity, especially with, you know, my panicking dog on three legs and my fiance acting like, you know, our dog has been shot in the brain. So the vet we see, he's great. He's, uh, in fact, he's so goddamn great that I am positive my fiance Sarah would leave me for him, like on the spot. Um, half the time when we're there, I am worried she's going to nail him right then and there, right on the vet table. Um, and I thought today would be especially painful just because, you know, it's my birthday and 
no one wants to watch their fiance get nailed by the vet on their birthday. Never happened to me, but I assume that can't be a good feeling. But whatever, we get in the car, we head to the vet, and we're waiting on the doc to come out. And a doctor does come out, but the only issue, it's not, it's not our guy. It's not our doc. Our guy is busy putting down another dog. So now Sarah gives me this, like, what the fuck look, like I arranged this whole goddamn charade. Like, I purposely booked this other doctor. Um, other doc, whatever. We go in, the, go in the room with him. Hank's there. We got him on the, on the table. He starts, he starts checking Hank out. He's, he's squeezing his legs and shit, and Sarah's just, you know, looking at me, looking at him, wondering where the doctor she's in love with is at and wondering why the fuck this guy's here and why I'm not doing anything about it. It, you know, it's, it's kind of a mess. It's kind of a mess, you know, and we, and we meet this other doctor and let me just tell you the rapport right from the get go. It's shit. I don't know if it was our fault, his fault, whatever it was, we were just not vibing with this guy whatsoever. It felt weird. We all felt violated. Sarah's pissed off. Hank's crying. I'm aging. It is a mess. Um, now all the while I am praying to the heavens that by the time this thing is all said and done, they just find this guy like just finds a thorn in his paw. We pluck it out and then we head home and eat birthday cake. Um, like it's like it's the cartoons. Like there's just like a giant thorn sitting there and he comes over, plucks it out like like that's his job. And, you know, we're on our way. But but uh, but nope, sure as shit. Doc's doing whatever the fuck Doc's do. And he starts squeezing legs and stuff. And then he gives me this look like, ah, you know, squeezes again. Ah. Meanwhile, Sarah's like boiling over with anticipation at this point. You know, what is it, Doc? Like he's about to tell us, uh, you know, Hank has eight days to live. You know, Doc's real casual. And, you know, and he's like, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking he tore his ACL. We'll get some x-rays, but I think that's what we're dealing with here. A, uh, you know, I think your dog tore his ACL. Okay. So doctor leaves the room. And now, you know, here's where the story takes a turn. You'd think Sarah, who's been like shaky as a leaf, kind of upset this whole time with one, the dog missing its leg, two, without hot doctor coming out. Um, you know, you think she would, you know, be really upset when the doctor leaves the room, kind of open up, you know, because now that we're alone and we have kind of the diagnosis. But, but, spin zone, I lose my fucking mind. Like, silently lose my mind. Like, screaming whispers. You know what I mean? Like, I just fucking snap. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Toward ACL? He's fucking one-year-old bulldog, not a 34-year-old NFL player. This is going to be so fucking expensive. What in the motherfuck? We have a fucking wedding to pay for? Where is our normal doctor? So that's me, like, in the vet office, like, silently screaming because this is the last thing I want to deal with right now, especially knowing the dog's in pain, knowing how expensive the surgery costs. This is just, like, a mess. Um, and this catches Sarah so off guard as I was pretty chill leading up to this exact moment. And she probably thought that she was going to get coddled by me, but nope, nope, took full advantage that it's my birthday and I can completely temper tantrum at the vet's office if I want to. Um, and that's what I did. I just absolutely snapped and I totally played the birthday card and threw a little hissy fit because it's my party and I can cry if I want to. Um, but she was great. She got me through it. Uh, she saw I was about to literally piss my pants in protest and disappointment at the age of 28 and calm me right down. 
Um, but, you know, long story long, they couldn't fully conclude it was a fully torn ACL. So it might be partially torn, which would actually be a big W for us. So we got to go back this week or some shit to find out if he, uh, if Hank needs surgery. I, I guarantee he does. Guarantee he does. Um, he might need surgery on both legs. You know, he's probably got a heartworm too. But guarantee he just needs the full, like he probably needs a fucking hip replacement or something. Um, so yeah, like six hours into being 28, I, I have never felt older. Um, my dog's got three legs and my future wife is already lining up a, uh, a doctor to cheat on me with. Life's good. Life's good. In addition to life being good, uh, you know what else is good? NFL playoffs. Holy shit. Like super good. Arguably the best championship weekend in NFL history. Two, two overtime games. I'll start with Rams-Saints because, well, that game was first in the day. I was pulling hard for the Saints, mainly because I put some cash on them back in week eight to win the Super Bowl. It would have been a nice little little payday. But I also do love Breeze, love Kamara, Michael Thomas, Ingram, Michigan native, and just the whole Saints. I think they're a lot of fun to watch. I love the city of New Orleans, too. Lost my mind there once. Great town, a lot of culture, a lot of drinks, Bourbon Street. Um, And let's just put it like this. They got hosed. Not two ways about it. Uh, That receiver at the end of the game got completely decked. Uh, Not only was it a blatant pass interference call, it was 220% helmet-to-helmet hit, which has been called like 350 billion times in the NFL this year. During a season where they threw one million flags, uh, would love to look at statistics of the most penalized year possibly in the NFL. Um, That play could have been called for about 14 different things, whether it's a helmet-to-helmet hit, pass interference, defenseless receiver, honestly anything, personal foul. Um, Now, I mean, a lot of people are saying the Saints should quit crying because they did have other chances to win the game and that's very true the Saints did get the ball first in overtime and had a chance to win the game and threw a pick but man if the Zebras make that call right there um, a call that has been made about 3,050 times during this NFL season the Saints are waltzing to the Super Bowl right now it was absolutely egregious it was unforgivable I've watched this play from like 29 different angles at five different speeds, and every single time I'm just like, yeah, I have zero clue how they missed that. They pulled in Mike Pereira, the NFL ref guy, during the game, and he was just like, yeah, yeah, this one, this one should have been called. Should have been called. Um, there were two refs standing right on top of the play. I mean, Google the play, they're right there, two of them. It's mind blowing. It's absolutely mind-blowing. The call was very, the result of the game for the Saints, it was very Lions-like. Like, something like this would only happen to the Detroit Lions. Um, it really did remind me of the end of how a Lions playoff game would go. If they ever made it to a championship game like this, this is how the game would end. Um, it's just going to be an infamous call forever in Saints history lore, you know, People will tell their kids about it, and they'll look at videos of it. It'll it'll just be one of those, one of those things forever. It is an instant classic, and this call will forever be part of NFL playoff talk. But I mean, the Saints were up thirteen to nothing in the game. 
and they did let the Rams back in. And another takeaway from the game is Greg Zerline is the best kicker in the NFL. Uh, I am a giant, giant Matt Prater fan, uh, but Greg the Legs kicks were absolute bombs. Good from good from 75. Absolutely no doubt in my mind. Um, it, it's kind of weird. Like during the year, I thought I really liked the Rams, and I and I still kind of do. I think I think Sean McVay is hot as shit. I mean, he, he's a hot boy, young coach, good-looking guy, just fucking a winner. Uh, and Brandon Cooks, the wideout on the Rams, is literally one of my favorite players in the NFL. Don't really have a good reason for it. I just think he's super lit, super fast, um, and I just kind of like him. He's played for the Pats, the Saints, and the Rams, which is pretty cool. And he's always on these really good winning teams. I just, I'm just, i just a big fan of, uh, of Brandon Cooks, honestly. Cooks is just, he's just kind of hot. But at the end of this game, I was bummed that the Rams made the Super Bowl. I think it's just I think it's just because they're from L.A. If they were f- still from St. Louis, I, th- I think I'd be more pumped. But I just feel like the L.A. fan base doesn't really give a shit. That could be that probably is completely incorrect. And it's probably just ignorant of me. Um, but L.A. hasn't had football for like a hundred years and then all of a sudden they got two teams that show up there and they get one that's in the Super Bowl it, it just doesn't like feel right to me and if you're from St. Louis you gotta you gotta just be like fuck off right I mean I think or or the LA Rams like your team now like I don't know how that works I have no clue fuck it I wanted the Saints and they got hosed and on to the other side of the bracket in the AFC. Um, is anyone is anyone really surprised at, at what happened here? I don't I don't think you can be uh, surprised. You knew the second the Pats won the fucking coin toss in overtime, it was over. It was like the Super Bowl two years ago when they won the coin toss in overtime versus Atlanta. You knew once Brady got the fucking ball, it was game o. God, what an awesome game. The Pats are just such fucking winners. It's almost sickening. Every single guy out there, winner. Brady, Gronk, Edelman, Sony Michelle, winner, 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 winner. But oh my God, if you are Kansas City, this was a nauseating one. Minute left, up three, at home, AFC Championship game. It's third and ten. Brady drops back, dishes it out to Gronk, goes right off his hands, picked off Kansas City. They're going to the Super Bowl. But wait, there's a flag. Only to be called back by a blatant offsides call. Guy lined up offsides. Had no effect on the play, but it was so clear as day that he was like a foot offsides. That has to kill. That is another Lions outcome. That is a Lions thing. Pick off Brady in the final minute to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. The Lions will never be never be in that position. But if they ever were, they would have a guy line up a foot off sides before the snap even went off, and it would kill the whole play. Um, if he just takes one step back, Kansas City is is playing in the Super Bowl. It's just crazy. Pats are going to their fourth Super Bowl in five years. Like, what the fuck? 
Seriously, what in the world does that feel like? <laughs> the Lions raise banners when they make the playoffs. Can you imagine looking forward to the Super Bowl every single fucking year? Us as Lions fans can barely look forward to December. By the time it's starting to get cold out, we're already pretty much out of it. It's absolutely crazy to me. But as a KC fan, as much as this loss really hurts, I think you got to feel pretty good about the future. Patty Mahomes is the quarterback of the future. You guys are going to sign him for like $200 million in 20 more years. Um, I think it almost hurts more if you're a Saints fan. Uh, you got to be a little more broken here. You just have an older roster. Breeze is towards the end there. Um, and the, the roster is just older. It's going to be you know hard to catch that lightning in a bottle again. I don't know how long Sean Payton's planning on coaching. Um, but I, I think as a Kansas City fan, you got to feel a little better going forward. And as a, um, and as a uh, Saints fan, this one just has really got to hurt, especially with the, the blown call at the end. But it should be a good Super Bowl. Um, I will most likely be taking the Patriots. Uh, I just think they're going to win after that game in Kansas City. And Brady's just dialed in. I don't know if you've seen any of his social media, but he's just real cocky. He's real fired up about being an old guy. And I just think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I really wonder if he's going to retire afterwards. He always says he's going to play till he's like 45. I wouldn't be surprised if he came back. I think I'd be more surprised if he retired, honestly. I think it'd be an awesome way to do it, just win the Super Bowl and just say I'm out. Um, but I guess we'll see. The guy is just so damn good, and I don't, I don't really know how you can argue that he's not the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, he's amazing. And I even, even more convincing than Brady being the greatest quarterback of all time, I think you just have to – Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. Because, I mean, even when Brady was hurt and any quarterback would come in – you know, they would still win games. Um, Jacoby Brissett come in, they won games. The whole season that Brady missed, Sam Sam Cassell, uh, he uh, he went 11-4. and four. They missed the playoffs, but they still went 11-4 and four with that guy under center. And, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo ripped it when Brady was out. So good that he got a billion-dollar contract from San Francisco. All those guys won. So, I mean, you really got to look at the system and say, like, wow, this thing is just built for – whoever is put into it. I think Billichick's just just an absolute genius. Um, but, hey, Kansas City, great season. New Orleans, great season. New Orleans, I was rooting for you the whole whole year. Your whole fantasy roster was – your whole roster was essentially my fantasy roster. Um, so, hey, thank you, NFL, for some great games this weekend. Looking forward, looking forward to the Super Bowl. Now, I know I have barely even mentioned Detroit sports uh, during this whole thing, even in the past couple weeks, but the matter of fact is there ain't much going on in our Detroit sports world these days. Um, it's fucking, it's awful. The biggest news really is that the Wings have officially hit rock bottom. Like, they yesterday they were in dead last. The, right now I think they're beating Edmonton, but they're, they're the worst team in the NHL. Now, I'm sure we'll bounce around from last to third to last to dead last a few times during the year. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad we hit the shitter right here at the All-Star break. Um, did you know that the Wings are 6-18 and 18 in their last 24 games? 6-18. and 18. They are rock bottom in the NHL with 43 points, and they are 18, 25, and 7. 
to put that into perspective, Tampa Bay, the leader of our division, GM'd by the legend Steve Eiserman, is in first place with 76 points. Tampa 76, Red Wings 43. Tampa is 37, 10, and 2. Now, obviously, that's the best team in the league, but that's mind-blowing, the discrepancy there. I feel like the Wings, like, snuck up on me being this bad because I feel like I have enjoyed watching them more this year than I did last year. And a big reason for that is Larkin and Anthony CU are producing. They're scoring some nice goals. There's some young talent out there that is pretty fun to watch. Um, but honestly, I hope we move Everything and everyone that even draws a hint of interest at the deadline. I want Jimmy Howard gone. Gustav Nyquist, gone. Only safe ones on the roster should be like Mantha, Anthony Siu, obviously Larkin, you know, a lot of the younger guys. All the younger guys that are building pieces moving forward, they should absolutely be safe. Anyone else, just go. Like, let's take the picks for them. I read some article the other day that Kenny Holland was like, we're not going to move people just to get picks. Like, why not? We are in dead last. We are not going to make the playoffs. And if we even made a run or a push, we like, I just, I don't see the point in just not going for like awesome draft picks to build the future at this point. We're in dead last and we don't win games. We have no defense. Um, the wings have, the Wings have 10 draft picks in, two, in the 2019 draft. They've had 21 um, over 2017 and 2018. Um, and at the beginning of the year, you know, I wanted them to win games. I don't really like tanking for a lower pick. Um, but right now that I see we're in last place right at the All-Star break, let's just sell everyone for picks because there's going to be a lot of buyers at the deadline this NHL season, because there's so much parity, a lot of teams feel like they got a shot. We should just sell and lose for Hughes. We want to get that number one fucking draft pick and draft ourselves some Jack Hughes. Um, I was against that at the beginning, but at this point, we are just so far out of the picture. Let's just get a bunch of sick-ass 17-year-old kids, bring them to Detroit, have them pump all their money into fucking deluxe flux and Exodus and level two. And they'll fucking be spraying bottles on everybody. And let's just like win the cup in five years. Let's just win the cup in five years. I'll be fucking in my mid thirties. That'll be fine. It'll be fine. Cause I have never seen a Stanley cup during legal drinking age. Never had one, never been to a bar during a red wing Stanley cup finals. Don't know what it's like. Want it. Need it. Want to be shit-faced for a Stanley Cup. Please. Please. Um, but Nyquist, names like Nyquist and Howard, those are names of the past. Those are names of this shitty period of, like, Iserman, Lindstrom, Zetterberg, Datsuk, Dynasty, ending, and whatever the next generation is starting, whether it's Larkin, Hughes, uh, whatever, Mantha, Anthony, CU, whatever the new generation is going to be where we start winning cups and making playoffs again, the Nyquist Howard names, those are names of this shitty gap that we're going through right now. And I just, it's time to, it's time to start cleaning them out. Erickson, get on out, get on out of here. Like Luke Glenn Denning, see ya. Sorry guys. We appreciate your service, but it's, it's, it's time to just strip this thing down to the studs and get the young guys in here. Let's just move them out for the future. But all right, hey, um, you know, we talked about my dog, did the NFL playoffs, did a little Red Wings. Let's just, 
let's end it here how we normally do. We're going to play a little game called Over Under. Um, if this is your first time tuning in, what I do here is I have my buddy Jerry. He's a Cleveland accountant, a little bit overweight, um, doesn't dress too well. He sends me a list of 10 items, person, places, things, ideas, trends, whatever. Um, I don't look at them until right now. This is this is live, essentially. I know it's recorded, but I, I'm seeing these live. Um, and then I, I let you know my opinion on whether this thing is overrated or underrated. Very simple game. Jerry sent them to me every week. Sometimes I rotate different people in and out, but Jerry's been loyal to this for the for since the fizz made its return. Um, so I have the email open here. Can't see anything. All I see at the top is LGRW. You know, let's go Red Wings for us. So I will start over under right now. So number one on the list over under episode sixteen of the fizz. Sounds like my HVAC's kicking on down here. Um, it definitely is. So I appreciate you guys dealing with the extra noise. Part of the fun of the fizz. All right, number one on the list, over under, Mike Posner. Mike Posner, I truly believe, is underrated, okay? He came on, like, the rap scene, I guess you could say, and he had some fucking jams, like Smoke and Drive, Drug Dealer Girl, um, blanking on the other ones right now. I love Top of the World. Those are some jams, and he was cocky little, kind of like, you know, white boy from Michigan, um... You know, didn't really like his like attitude or style or anything. And then he just like, but but his music was was pretty good. But then he just fell off the map. Comes back, does kind of this country thing. He's kind of like a weirdo, but he puts together this album with Pill and Ibiza. Totally changed his style, and it's just fucking awesome. And right now, he has an absolute jam out called Move On that I've been listening to on repeat for like five days. I love that fucking song. I think Mike Posner is an awesomely talented artist. I think he went through like a rough time being famous or something. Um, But I think he's super talented. He's a Michigander. I'm all on board with him. Mike Posner's underrated. Okay, number two. Molson Triple X. If you are unfamiliar with Molson Triple X, you need to get fucking familiar. Uh, I don't even know if they sell it anymore, but it used to be like the death beer at Joe Louis Arena. You'd go to Joe Louis Arena, you'd drink three Molson, X, Molson X's, you'd piss your jeans, and the Wings would win, and that would be pretty much it. That was the night. That was your night at Joe Louis Arena. Uh, you'd piss in a trough, uh, and you'd like throw in a lip and like throw up later. That reminds me of Joe Louis Arena. Molson Triple X was like, it's like an 800% beer, and yeah, it just reminds me of the Joe. So they're completely underrated. They taste like ass. They taste like they taste like the bottom of the trough at Joe Louis Arena. They're absolutely terrible, but they're underrated. It's all part of the Joe Louis Arena experience. And I'm actually kind of glad that they're not at LCA uh, because there's. I feel like they were only made for Joe Louis Arena. So Molson Triple X is underrated, quite possibly maybe best beer in the world we'll never drink it again though if that makes sense number three campus marcius campus marcius located downtown detroit campus marcius is underrated uh it is in winter right now especially around like christmas go back like a month a couple months it uh it's just like a beautiful winter wonderland there's like feels like a real downtown all the lights are up everything's glimmering shining you can skate in the park a lot of beautiful office buildings great architecture um a lot of pop-up shops going on. 
you know, it feels like a real city. It's my city. It's downtown Detroit, and I absolutely love it. I love Campus Marshes. I love being downtown Detroit. Underrated. Three underrateds in a row. Jerry really, really tugging my heartstrings with Mike Posner, Molson X, and Campus Marshes. I might start drinking right now. Number four, Snapchat. Wow, what a curveball. Snapchat's overrated. I don't even, I don't, I never was good at Snapchat. I'm not good at it. I let snaps sit for like six days at a time. I'm in like 80 groups. I don't like it. I don't, I don't really fucking get it. I just, I use Instagram more than anything. Snapchat's good. Like I get some funny snaps, but I'm not a, I'm not a huge Snapchatter. Don't really like it. I'm gonna say it's overrated. Overrated as hell. And I'm not, you know, not in the business of sending, sending dick pics these days. So overrated. Uh, Aliens. I mean, so I, you could take this a couple ways. Like, is the idea that aliens are real, under, or overrated? Are aliens under, or overrated? You know, like, what kind of aliens are we talking here? I'm going to assume aliens are underrated just because we don't know anything about them. And I'm sure, like, they got some cool powers and, and things like that and probably know a lot of things that we don't know. I, just for that sake, I'm going to just say they're underrated because I'm sure they're, they're, they're pretty fucking cool. Um, but if, if it's like the idea, do aliens exist or not exist, you know, is that under or overrated? I'm going to say that's underrated as well. I think aliens are out there. There's no way we're the only thing floating around here in the universe. Um, not to get too heavy on you, but aliens are underrated, their existence and their powers. Six, T-Pain. Wow, this is, we are looking at a heavy, heavily underrated list here. T-Pain T-Pain took up a good chunk of my high school and college jamming years. I mean, buy you a drink was groundbreaking. Bartender, amazing. Um, he has a million songs that he's been on that are absolutely fantastic. Auto-Tune was hotter than shit at the time. And, in fact, there's a video of T-Pain without Auto-Tune, and he's actually pretty damn good. T-Pain, Nappy Boy Radio... T-Pain's sick. T-Pain is underrated. I love me some fucking T-Pain. Pickles. Pickles, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say pickles are overrated. People lose their mind over pickles. I think they're all right. I think they're okay. I used to put them on all my sandwiches and stuff, like burgers, and I used to think they were like a staple. I can do without them. Like pot bellies, always used to get pickles on like whatever sandwich I got, like an Italian. Don't get it anymore. Um, they're good. I, I do like pickles, like them in a Bloody Mary. But people people love pickles, and I just think you need to calm down. Like, they're not that great. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting older here, but I think I even, even prefer cucumbers over pickles, which might sound crazy, but some say the cucumber tastes better pickled. Okay, pickles are overrated. Uh, number eight, a vibrating cock ring. Wow, really went for it there, Jerry. I guess I could have... Uh, seen that coming with pickles maybe a little bit i don't know i don't know what a vibrating cock ring feels like at all um and i don't know if it's like from a guy's perspective girl's perspective i'm gonna go underrated fuck it i'm gonna be optimistic about a vibrating cock ring and just say that it's say that it's underrated i'm sure it's probably a fantastic thing to have and use um to get pleasured by a vibrating cock ring um but I don't know. This, this is all based on assumption. Never used one. Don't really know how... Don't even have a friend who's told me about them. So I'm just... 
I'm going to say they're underrated. Fuck it. I don't know how much they cost. That could probably play into whether it's over or underrated, but vibrating cock ring, v- VCR, that's kind of fun. This could be called a VCR if you ever want to, you know, use some coding for it. Need to get around. Okay, anyways, uh, underrated. Okay, Excel, Microsoft Excel. Jerry is really all over the place here today. Um, he's an accountant, so he probably, like, loves Excel, and he probably, like, fucking, like, can br- like brags about, like, organizing his charts and, like, the tables he makes, and he probably is, like, really good at it. I just think it's 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 overrated. Like, I just fuck using Excel. Um, I don't know. This is an office, a Microsoft Office application is is what you're making me do an over under on that's so, you were cooking with gas with vibrating cock ring and then you threw excel at me i'm, I'm gonna say overrated just because fuck that gordon bombay Ooh, gordon bombay the coach or gordon bombay the player you know you know if you're looking at gordon bombay the player you, you could probably go overrated i mean you know he's high prospect you know looked very promising but if we look back at his career you know, he hit that post in the championship game, quarter of an inch the other way, he would have missed completely. Quarter of an inch the other way, it would have went right in. You know, hit the post, haunted him for a long time. Clearly not clutch there. That's an overrated look. Um, and he got hurt. You know, he got hurt later on in his career, kind of a testament to his toughness as a hockey player. Uh, you know, you're kind of on the fence about Gordon Bombay. Was a high prospect, couldn't score clutch, got hurt late in his career. I don't know, probably overrated. As a coach... Underrated, definitely. Guy's a champion. He's a winner. Um, you know, wins a lot of games, really motivates the players. Uh, you know, got a DUI. That's kind of cool. No, it's not. Drinking and driving is not cool, guys, at all. It's kind of funny, entertaining, you know, whatever. I sympathize for him. But uh, Gordon Bombay, the player, overrated. Gordon Bombay, the coach, under underrated. What did I say? Gordon Bombay, the coach, underrated. Gordon Bombay, the player, overrated. And that's it. That's all we have for the fizz today. I will try to do better next time. Uh, In the meantime, go to champagneathletics.com, click shop, buy a shirt, send me an email to champagneathletics at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can listen to this on iTunes and Spotify. Don't forget to follow or subscribe on either one of them. Um, I do appreciate everybody tuning in again this week. I hope everyone has a wonderful week, and I will see you next Wednesday. Bye, guys. Chomp with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Chomp with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then okay, pop Okay, we popping champagne pop like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship game. Cause I bought.